When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford. Come right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, please give us that five star review wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, that's right, subscribe right below Jamie Sweet right there for you on YouTube. Please subscribe today at Lakers Fast Break on YouTube or subscribe on your favorite podcast outlet so you can get the latest notifications on when we go live or when the latest episode drops right there for you at the Lakers Fast Break. So you, so if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that we can right here at the Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, of course, the Lakers Fast Break, the guys at Lakerholics.com, the guys at Lakersball.com, and also the great guys at the Hoopheads Podcast Network at hoopheadspod.com. If you could support all of that, it is sincerely appreciated. And a big shout out to Nick, who was asking for uh, kind of like a schedule for us uh, going forward here in the remaining weeks of the off season. So I wanted to let him and our audience know we are going to try as best we can, you know, based off of the family work life schedules and all that to see if we can accommodate everyone out there on a eight 30 Eastern time, five 30 Pacific time, Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday type deal. We're going to stay as close to that as we can plus extra episodes. Cause Jamie will say, Hey Gerald, I want to do a late night. If I don't fall asleep, Sean Grice, the madman from Toronto, if he ever gets out of Toronto traffic, you know he wants to go ahead and stop by on the Lakers fast break. So if anything extra like that, plus if Hulu PR ever gets back in touch with me with an answer definitively whether or not I can interview one of the people behind Legacy, the true story of the L.A. Lakers, I keep getting, we'll get back to you. We'll get back to you. We'll get back to you. Okay, because I keep asking and they keep saying so. If we have extra special episodes on the side, they'll be on the fly. But for now, we're going to try and, and adhere to a Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday time frame. So if you can stick with us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, it is sincerely appreciated. And remember, during the regular season, I did note to Nick that we will go back to our regular schedule of post-game shows. 
So we'll be there within the first half hour of the ending of the game. That's our goal. Sometimes even right after the game, depending on when it ends. So we are going to try and do our best to get as close to the ending of the game as possible for our post-game shows. Plus, depending on you, the viewers out there, you, the listeners out there, if audience demands for it and you, our audience keeps increasing and we keep getting the kind of favorable responses that we do, we're going to go ahead and give you even more shows right here at the Lakers Fast Break. But after last week's, I should say, divisive trade, if you heard our show last week in regards to the Patrick Beverly trade for THT and Stanley Johnson, what more? transactions do the Lakers have in store because you know this roster is not done in its current format and it's not anywhere near what it needs to be in order to compete at the top of the Western Conference. So the question remains with a lot of things going on in Utah and Danny Ainge formulating a plan to see if he can go ahead and trade Mitchell to get Spider Mitchell out of there with Donovan Mitchell maybe to the Knicks or wherever and also as well as some of the other pieces that they have on that roster. Are we done dealing with the Utah Jazz? That is the question for today, along with anything else that suits our fancy when it comes to everything going on in Lakerland. But here today to talk about it first, first man up, first man here. Good man indeed. You got to go ahead and check him out as Ox1947 today at LakersBall.com. It is Joe Soro and Joe... You know, ever since he logged on, I got serious Joe Soro today. So good to have you here, my friend. <laughs> oh, there you go. There's a smile. There's a half smile, half smile. I'll take that. I'll take what I can get out of it. But my friend, after the Patrick Beverly trade, you suggested there are more things that could possibly be in the works with the Lakers and Jazz dealing with them with one another. You mentioned a three-way trade with the Knicks as a possibility, but the question remains with Bogdan Bogdanovich. Or is it Boyan Bogdanovich? One of the Bogdanoviches. Uh, also, Mike Conley, Jordan Clarkson, all rumored to be on the way out. So are we done? Are we done? Yes, we're done trading because I don't see them trading the the 27 and 29 pick for in, in any deal that would include uh, a three-way with New York and Utah. Uh, there's also there's a there's a minimal chance let's say with the Indiana thing if they decide to say screw it let's just let's just make the trade and hope that Miles Turner plays healthy and we know Buddy Hill can 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 shoot but I, I don't I don't see how there's any trade that's feasible or logical between Utah and New York because you're either going to be taking on players that are not going to make you a title contender or you're taking on large amounts of contracts which both don't really serve the Lakers any, any purpose. There is, this is where we're at. And it's just not, it's not, it's not, a, it's not going to be a good ending. I think in, in, in this off season, there was a small chance that we could have done something with Kyrie Irving. Had that materialized, at least with Kyrie Irving, you have someone, you know, is obviously a superstar who can, who's got uh, unique skills that, very few people have ever had in the league and with some stability with the big two that might've produced something, but anything else that's available right now is either a risk overpaid players or players are not going to really maybe make you better, but not really. Uh, It would have to be monumental career years by those players, which (laughs) how do you, how do you know? 
How do you how do you know unless you do it? This is going to be a and money seems to be playing a factor more than I actually think at this point. It's I think a lot of these deals are not going through because they're not going to take on. You know, I'm sitting there kind of just hoping. You know, just take on Randall. It's okay. You know, he's got a skill set. Have him be a six man. What's he going to say? No. Well, just you know, make him make it. You know, that's part of why you hire Darvin Ham, right? You're you're the next up and coming coach. We'll convince him that you know he's going to be more valuable off the bench. But then I looked at his contract. They're not going to pay him thirty million dollars in the next four years. There's no way. We're in a dead time right now in the league, like you said, G. Uh, August is usually dead. September is coming, which means it's pretty much getting ready to ramp up for training camp. And I just don't see how – I don't see – I mean, I, sh- I guess I shouldn't say this because Rob's a GM. Well, well, let me ask you this because it's been rumored that Danny Ainge, I know, is playing hardball with everybody for the past couple months in regards to trade after the Gobert deal that he made. But there is now an impetus, if he really wants to tank, that he has to go ahead and clear out that roster – before training camp because he really doesn't want the new coach they brought in to go ahead and new, have to deal with any of this stuff that's extra new stuff. york is going to make that trade i think they're playing they're playing uh chicken a little bit with danny they really want donovan mitchell i i, I have i mean they, they really want him so i think eventually they're going to give danny what he wants because they're the new york knicks and that's what they're going to do right and with the lakers playing into that, it's going to help the Knicks because they don't have to give up as much capital, and then they can also dump some salary. Yeah, they'll they'll get Westbrook in that deal, or however that works out. It, but but it's 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 not this. The Lakers will lose in that trade no matter what the deal is. It's just not. It's not. It's not something that's going to be for the betterment of the team, and. Yeah, I, I just don't – I don't know. I don't know. I, I guess it's a rumor because it's, somebody might have just said, look, let's just put a couple more sparks out there to get things going, and that's it. But there's no – there's no – this is the deadest offseason I've, I've seen in a long time, and the Lakers are are, are, are just as dead as, as, as free agency or, or any <laughs> of these trades. They're, they just need to – I think real leadership would just come out at this point and just say, look, guys, we're going to next year doing what we're going to do. Just well, the thing is it. right now, a lot of these teams that are thinking about tanking have to start committing to it now because we saw what happened last week with Chet Holmgren. We also saw uh, what's going on with some of the other teams that are starting to go ahead and focus their attention on building for the future. And here today to talk about that, including his thoughts on the Patrick Beverly trade, is a good man indeed. you got to go ahead and catch him when he does his five things articles He's got the inspiration that Laker Tom is number one Laker blogger out there. He cannot handle the fact that Laker Tom is the number one Laker blogger out there, so he wants none of it. Okay, I'm trying to hype you up, Matt. Come on. Yeah, this is like, what are you, Jim McMahon here? What, 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 okay, are we going to are we going to have a cage match, me and LT? Well, I can take him. Well, you guys have you guys have had some cage matches on Lakerholics.com. So we haven't. We haven't. There's some other bloggers who used to post who we I I used to really it used to be uh it used to be it used to get a little bit, you know, a little heated. I'm looking at you, Tate, who I think actually to be honest, I think Tate passed away because his Facebook is basically inactive for the last couple of years. We were friends on Facebook. We we Don't had tell me you killed somebody. <laughs> uh no comment. 
<laughs> all right, there you go. But you know, usually you'll see a lot of question. But you'll see. Okay, you'll see. Okay, getting back off the morbidity there. Yeah, you see please. a lot of interaction with him and Laker Tom today at Lakerholics.com. It's actually some other commenters there on the site as well that's oh, yeah. been making it very spirited as of late. It is Jamie Sweet, the man behind Five Things articles that you got to go ahead and check out today. And Jamie, if you had a chance to listen to our latest episode and you heard, come on, Joe, as Laker Tom said, or come on, Gerald, as Laker Tom said, <laughs> I, thought the, I thought the trade was okay. I, you know, you're getting a 10-point player who plays statistically on paper good defense. It, you know, he did not shoot as well as he once did, so he has to get back to a 38% shooting clip for, in order for it to be effective. I know Joe has said that, again, the, the lights of L.A. may affect that, and yeah. you know, with all L.A. shooters, that seems to happen. But Joe was thought, you know, he came out of the dumpster to say, you know, that the Pat Bev trade was awful. Laker Tom, <laughs> and, you know, really liked it. Your thoughts on this, man. Uh, I want to hear because we haven't. Well, had we were, Gerald, you, you must, you must, you must forget, or you must not forget rather that you and I were on the air together when the news broke. It was supposed to be Kobe Appreciation Day. Yes, absolutely. And the thing was, you kind of mentioned it, kind of, but we kind of didn't believe it's actually happening until the last minute. So yeah. I, I know you weren't really you know, against it, but, but, you know, I think like, because just, it's, I'm not really it's, for, I mean, listen, it, the way, this is what I think about it is Patrick Beverly an improvement over talent wise and fit wise over THT and Stanley Johnson. Sure. Is he, what's going to push this team over the edge to being a contender of some sort? Certainly not. And, and then I agree. Honest, I really think that this move was made and Joe, I think is, is pulling the right uh, thread in the sweater right now. This is about money. This isn't about this season anymore in some ways. This summer is no longer about next season. It's about after next season when the team will have a chance to rebuild the roster with cap space, which is why I don't think they'll be involved in any trades that are involved in players that are under contract beyond next season. I think that that's going to be a hard, fast rule for the Lakers, and they're not going to break that rule because they understand that after this season, they have an even smaller window where they actually have some cap space to play with, like money to play with in the free agent market to build a right team, try to get back to three seasons ago when they started reacting poorly to winning a banner and try to build the correct team around their two superstars in an effort to, I guess, convince AD to stay and to see LeBron out the door eventually, you know, the right way with at least being a team that's more competitive than the one that we had last year. So to that, I don't see a pre-season trade for Westbrook happening. I think we are highly likely to see a mid-season trade of Westbrook happening. After the Lakers have paid off some of his salary, when a buyout becomes cheaper, when teams that aren't sure they want to – I actually disagree. I don't think you need to commit to tanking right now. I think you can do what Indiana did last season, which is go through half the season, close to two-thirds of the season, and then make a choice. You can make a choice to say, all right, well, this isn't working. So, you know – we're not, we're not in the running for any. We're not really even in the running for a play-in. Uh, we got these two guys who are high-salaried players that will fit better on championship teams that we can get some draft assets for, and we can get ourselves well under the cap. Uh, although Indy's Indy's already under the cap right now as they speak, so that's why I just don't see a huge impetus for them to make this Russell Westbrook trade right now, and that's why they're wisely demanding two draft picks and why I hope that the Lakers hold the line on not sending him out for what are two role players 
they're they're good role players, but they're role players. And neither even the combination of Beverly, Turner, and Heald isn't gonna be enough to push this team into that top six. It's not gonna burst through that top six bubble unless some of those teams are absolutely decimated by injuries. Some other form of terrible luck. And the Lakers, if they don't know that, if they don't see that themselves, then that that's that's this is where the problem has existed for quite a while now. They have absolutely awful talent evaluation and asset management skills outside of late second round draft picks. Like that's, that's it. That's, (laughs) you know, people want to, you can't give credit to Rob Palenka for the LeBron signing. A LeBron wanted to come here. B that was under magic. Can't give him too much credit for the AD trade because basically he threw the entire kitchen sink at that. And other than those two moves, he, he doesn't have a great track record as a GM. It's hard for me to even like, put much stock in the Beverly one because it was one, I mean, it's, you know, LeBron will tell you and people who are involved in the bubble will tell you that it was uh, 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 circumstances that were in some ways more difficult than normal playoffs. And I think that that's true, but what also can't be ignored was the three months layoff before the bubble. And the fact that there was no travel involved in that entire playoff series, which benefited the Lakers greatly. We had, we had an old team. Danny green was an old player, was able to not travel, be an impactful player. LeBron obviously benefited from not traveling. And I think the Frank Vogel coaching staff benefited from like being able to walk off the court and starting to game plan and coming back with a fresh plan the next day. And they did that. They, they did the bubble championship better than any other team. And that's to be commended, but it's never going to happen again. And so in a regular, normal regular season, 82 game grind right into the playoffs, the Polinka era is bad. It's bad at building teams. And that has not, nothing I've seen this summer changes my opinion. I will say that this is probably in terms of like the Lakers managing the trade, the best trade I've ever seen Rob Blinka make and that there was no links, no leaks. It just and happened. You come, and I remember now, and, that's, and I, I apologize. I was spacing and I forgot that you or I were on Kobe day. When oh, that's okay. That's all right. You were, I know you were you commenting that you were hoping that there were no picks involved. And ultimately that was the case. And ultimately that was the case, right? So that great trade by Rob Blinka and that we didn't have to give up a first round draft pick to move a guy whose $11 million salary was likely going to get called into play next summer, thus reducing our cap flexibility. And that's what I have to believe that they're planning for. I really am putting a lot of faith in that they're not trying to build a great team this year. They're trying to build a competitive team. They've Darvin Ham came into this eyes wide open. He, he's, he's not surprised. He's, he actually is maintaining through this entire process that he will find a role for Russell Westbrook. And I, you know, God bless the man for trying, you know, it's his job. He's got to try. He can't give up now. He's got to, even if we're down, you know, 30 points, he's got to try to coach to win. So that's what I think is coming. I think we're going to see a, a uneasy Laker team on media day between, you know, there's obviously a lot of bad blood between Beverly and Russ. And frankly, there's not great relationship between LeBron and Patrick Beverly. In fact, I would imagine Patrick Beverly's friends in the league are, are mildly few and far between since he tends to get into it with just about everybody. But then there's that same thing where everybody likes to have that guy on their team. And, you know, <laughs> not, not it, Joe. I mean, listen, we're not in the locker room. We don't have to really deal with it. We just get to watch. Uh, I don't enjoy watching Patrick Beverly either. I find his, I find the antics to be grating. 
I don't see them as actually really affecting the outcome of the game that much. I think there's just too much. There's too, I mean, you know, maybe some rookie or something he can get in that guy's head. He's never gotten into Russ's head. He's never gotten into LeBron's head. He hasn't gotten into anybody who's a pro. Are you sure on the Russ on the Russ part? Because that you know the stinky nose. Russ is a fiery can't... fellow, man. They're both fiery fellows. They're both gonna like snip at one another. You can't. You can't. Listen, I would be curious to see what Russ's numbers against Patrick Beverly are. I'll bet they're okay. Let me put it that way. I'll bet they're 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 average, if not above average, Russell Westbrook numbers. So th- that that would be the true metric is to find out like how did Russ play against specifically Patrick Beverly, how, what people do on social media and all that jazz is that's, that's, that's just media fluff. It doesn't affect, I feel very much of the outcome of the play on the court. So I, I don't know. I, the, obviously we won't know how this looks until we see how it looks on paper. I still don't see this team as is getting past 10, nine, eight, somewhere in there. I don't see us as a top seven team in the West right now. Let me put it that way. Well, I remember that day for the most part for Joe going into the dumpster on that day. I think I was so fixated yeah. on that. That's why I forgot. <laughs> Joe, my Joe, you were on fire in the comments that day. You were yes, on fire. Yes, 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 he was. <laughs> it was a lot of fun for me. And speaking yeah. of the man himself, Joe, I want to ask you this. When it comes to what are the other options? So you, Jamie does not see any movement any more outside of maybe something minor happening before the Lakers hit training camp. Do you see something as far as on the other end? Because I know you were once on the side of the Lakers are going to trade Westbrook, no doubt, just like Tom was, or Tom is still, that the Lakers are going to trade him, no doubt. A lot of the people out there, because of the contract signing of LeBron and the acquisition of Patrick Beverly, are now insisting that Westbrook is going to be gone before training camp. Are you still in that camp or you've changed your uh, mind? This is the part where reality and fantasy start to get mixed in. Where, where What is the basis of this? This means this come from where <laughs> explain to me that, that what, what in the Beverly is a Laker now, where in that does it mean guys, this means Russell Westbrook is being traded. Okay, why? I, I've been waiting for what was it, three, four days now. No one's been able to give me any any. Uh, I just what that I is. Think, I think those two really do not like each other. I think it. The, the, it, it doesn't matter. I, it, yeah. They are they are rear end pimples when it comes as, as far as the matter of what that will do. Okay, whether they like each other or not is irrelevant. 100%. It's it's. It's irrelevant. They they are both, in my book, detractors from winning. One's a mouth. The other's a mouth that can't do fundamental basketball or take accountability. These are adolescent adults. This is what we've come to. We're discussing things about grown men that we would that teachers and and parents would talk about. Well, should we put these guys together? Well, should we? What if this if this this guy comes in he's got to go like what is going on here like what 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 is this are are we are we a daycare now are are we are we a preschool where 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 are the men here and that's where a lot of this frustration comes from where are the men how about pull your pants up take some accountability for your terrible play your terrible mouth your terrible BS and change it. You guys really care about winning? You really care about winning? 
You would do those things if you cared about winning. But you don't. Your actions don't speak it. And it, it makes sense in the end when you really look at it all, all together. Okay, I mean, we can, we can go back as far as two, three years ago on this, but I'll keep it to now. You, you have leaderless leaders in management from top to middle to some degree on that court. And Darvin Ham is, what, three months old? I mean, he, he hasn't had a chance to really put his, put his foot down on anything. I don't know if he will. I, I, I'd have to see it. But uh, if, if I had to give you an answer, I don't think Darvin Ham's going to move the needle. People are going to look think, at him. I still think now with the Patrick Beverly trade that it gives the Lakers the opportunity now to send Russell Westbrook home if they don't get a trade before the season that they like. They, they, they don't have the – I told you, they don't have the balls to do that. They don't. I, 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 I would have a lot of respect for them. And they would show some leadership skills there if they did that. But they're not, I, don't, I don't see them doing it. I hope I'm wrong. But I just don't see them doing it. I, I, I was actually surprised that I saw some articles the last few days about how how there's been some maybe some rumblings of that. But since all this other stuff that keeps coming out, I don't I don't really trust anything that's out there. I mean, this has been the worst leaking of any information that I've seen again in a long time. No one knows jack crap. Everyone's just saying stuff just for clicks. No one knows anything, and everyone's just lying. And that's. A lot of the frustration, too. The bunch of liars out there just trying to get clicks because they're talentless and they can't get the inside information and no one trusts them. And, you know, what do you got? You got Shams, you got Woj. That's it. That's what I have on my on my uh, thing. When they drop the, their tweet, that's that's the only thing that, that comes out that matters at this point. They're the only ones that people trust. So maybe Stein, Mark Stein. I mean, I think that's his, his comment about Angie, uh, Danny Ainge today about – how he wants those two first-round picks, I go, oh, okay. I know why he wants those first two-round picks, because he can't get it from the Knicks. And by figuring out how to get Westbrook in there, we're like, yeah, we'll take this on, but I want I want more picks. Well, you know what, Danny? You can go pick yourself at that point. I, we're not going we're not, we're not to play this game anymore. I'm just giving you the explanation of what I'm seeing. This isn't something where I'm sitting around and, mad about the situation or I don't feel good about things it's 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 you got leaderless management you got leader leaderless ownership and they've been giving us all little tidbits over the last few months of who they are and how they operate and the only reason why we've given them a little leash is because they're ha- they happen to be managing our own our Lakers and if, if I was to take myself out of the Laker fandom and watch them, watch those guys from the outside, if I was one of the Bobs from Office Space, I, I'd clear the whole room. <laughs> I'd clear the whole room. I'm like, what is it that you do here? Uh, Joe. I, <laughs> I would go in the Rob's office, like, what is it that you do here? You, uh, you just Joe, delivered this. I think I'm going to need that TPS report. I think I'm going to need it uh, later today. Uh, I think I need that, you know, TPS report, please. Yeah, I'm going to so need to have a podcast on take Saturday. the specs to the customer. That's that's how how I feel right now. All you're doing is physically taking the just the specs where the engineers can just go and take it to the customer. Why do we need you? 
What do we, what, what do we need you for? Uh, the, the the trade with uh, with Danny, right? The the miracle trade that didn't involve a, a draft pick. Right. Danny still won that trade because they were short seventy five thousand dollars to make the contracts work, and then they just threw in the one guy that actually plays defense on this team. I know. So what does this guy do? What does he do except be a poser? <laughs> to me, that's all I've known Rob Lapolinka to be. I mean, I've known him to be Kobe's. And I'm going to I'm gonna tell you what I just wrote on Lakers ball. And you guys can go read it if you'd like, those of you who are listening. The thing I've, I, I've noticed about Rob since Kobe's uh, passing is – because I'm, I'm, it's, it's been bogg- it's, it's just mind-boggling. Like, okay, so Kobe vouched for this guy so much so that Jeannie hired him because Kobe vouched for him, and she loves Kobe, and we love Kobe. And I'm like, yeah, you know, cool. Let's 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 roll with that, right? But I equate Rob's personality to the family member in your family. Let's say it might not happen in your family, but in, in, in like maybe many families where. When the patriarch or the matriarch is still around, they don't really show themselves all the way through. You kind of get little hints here and there, but maybe not. You just don't see it. Then once that patriarch or that matriarch passes away, the true self comes out. I've seen this happen in my family where you started seeing more of the the real person. And I think with Kobe not being around to kind of maybe, I don't know, Look over his shoulder a little bit and go, hey, man, what the hell? What's going on here? Why is Magic saying you backstabbed him? To, we got a guy that can't even make a simple trade without, you know, what's what's going on here? Why, why are, you guys couldn't have put in, I mean, shoot, Aaron McKee, even the guy that we criticized for, for what, three years because of the Mozgov and Dang thing? I mean, at least he figured out, hey, let's get Aaron McKee, give him some money and trade him for Pogasol. You couldn't have figured something out there and not – you know, come up short on 75 grand, really? I mean, again, there's these little things that you hear, that, that you see developing. What do you want me to say? You want me to be confident in someone that, that looks like they don't know what they're doing? And then the one transaction you make this summer when you're supposed to be a title team is Patrick Beverly? Patrick Beverly? Out of all the players in the NBA, this is the guy you get? What do you want me to think? What do you want me to be happy? Oh, well, he's better than this guy. Yeah, I said it. I said it. I said it. That's it. I'm, I, it's it's not. It's 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 at this point. Let's just entertain the crowd. It's let's just entertain the crowd. Okay, we're entertaining the crowd right now. Are you because, not entertained? Because this, this, this team, this team is going to have to somehow have their brain transplanted and actually think about the team and play as a team before we can sit here and say, "Man, we were really wrong this summer about what happened with this team." And no one that. wants to be more wrong than me. And believe me, I want to be wrong. I want to. I want to believe that Darvin Ham will will be the, the 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 mind changer in Russell Westbrook and allow Patrick Beverly to actually focus on the game instead of yapping all day because his yapping doesn't do anything, guys. What does it do? This is not Dennis Rodman, okay, guys. I don't know why everyone's like, oh well. He, when's he ever made a difference on a championship team? When ever? I've never seen any of it. So what, what is this fantasy that you guys keep putting in your heads that you that they, they think this is going to work? It's not. It's not going to work at this stage from what I've seen unless there's some kind of a switch. 
And I don't know if I see that. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. The better that these Marvel films do, the higher the standards are going to be for not just other films in general, but other Marvel films also. I think it's really hard to end a show with this many fans in a satisfying way. That's the Pop Culture Cosmos Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Playing worldwide on radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Hey Lakers fans, looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. I will say, though, it depends on how much you value those two first-round picks because, you know, it seems like we're, at times, offering these two first-round picks, you know, if you hear the rumors and innuendo, for seemingly just generic, average NBA players, rotational players, and that's what it's come down to. And the thing is, those that 27 and 29 pick, okay, maybe Rob is not going to be there. Most likely he's not going to be there. I'm certainly at this point kind of hoping that he's not going to be there. But the thing is, that 27 to 29 pick, if I were Genie Bus and I still have intent on owning the team throughout the rest of this decade, those two picks could be very valuable for the Lakers because LeBron will be gone, AD will be gone, and you are, have no idea what type of team you will have the latter half of this decade. And if you don't have any picks to help build a roster after they're gone in the aftermath, I mean, you don't, you're don't. you hoping then that you're going to have so much cap space that you're going to be able to bring in some magical free agents. But in the days and ages where everybody's signing extensions, it's going to be hard to do that. I mean, look at the free agent market this year, right, Jamie? I mean, it didn't have the depth. Next year's doesn't have a lot of depth. It's until LeBron and AD get, you know, that year in 2024 that you may see some signs of some really decent activity on the free agent market at a high level. But for the interim, for when most of these guys are signing these huge extensions, it seems like a big free agent deal or deals is really harder to get the more years that we take on the more years on the back end of this decade. Yeah, I think that's true. I, I mean, there's all the big stars have re-upped with their teams, every single one. Giannis re-upped with Milwaukee. Ja Morant re-upped with Memphis. You know, you, you got you basically have to look at Jalen Brown in 2025. That's, that's – and that's if he doesn't re-up with Boston in the next year or so, right? So if that's the case, if that none of that happens – Jalen Brown will be the, the, the top free agent target in 2025. Higher than I think AD will be higher than I think LeBron will. Because he's on the he's young, he's on the upside. So to me, this is the other roadblock in a rust trade. It's like, okay, $47 million to spend on who? What? Role players? You're gonna sign like four guys to $12 million contracts? That doesn't happen 
for most teams. So, uh, you know, this, I, I think Joe's right. I think that, that the, the, the goal for this season is to be entertaining. It's to be as competitive as possible. It's to see what's in Darvin Ham's toolbox because right now nobody knows. It's all theory. It's all hope. It's all fantasy. Nothing has been seen. Um, and I know some people like to opinionate on the potentialities of this or that. I'm not one of them. I need to base my opinion on something real. Uh, and so we haven't, the only real thing we've seen is trade for Patrick Beverly, who doesn't move the needle, uh, who seems to get traded or moved to another team somehow by his own free will every season which ought to tell you about how funny he is to have around in the locker room. Uh, and that is no Jared Dudley, who people want to have around. Uh, so I, I think, you know, people like to say like, oh, we need to give Coach Ham the right tools to succeed. That might not happen this year. That might not happen this year. And like every other team, the Lakers are just going to have to figure it out. Does everybody get along together on every single team everywhere? Certainly not. And I don't think, having Russ and Beverly on the same team is necessarily a bad thing because somebody out there needs to light a fire onto the collective rear ends of that entire team. Because I know what I saw a lot of last year and that was giving up. That was slacking off and it wasn't living up to potential. And that goes from the top player down to the lowest player. I think that of all of them, Stanley Johnson outplayed his worth or expectations uh, and now he's on the Utah Jazz. And good luck to him, and, you know, thanks for being a Laker Stanley. But I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't see a quick solution. I mean, that's why when Russ's deal expires, whoever's holding that $47 million, if you're over the cap by a little bit, suddenly you're under by maybe 15, 20, 30, a few more mil than that. Who, in the, who as a free agent next season is even a $30 million player? Kyrie, Kyrie, who wants to get paid for 82 games, but only play 55 or 60. Uh, I, <laughs> I mean, this is, this is, this is where we're at. You know, we traded away a good team for one guy and, you know, I will, I will throw myself in the boat of saying, I thought it would work. Certainly I thought it would work better than I saw it working last season. I, you know, Miles Turner and Buddy Heald, traded for Russ and two picks, that's not going to push us over. And then basically you have draft day deals with whatever first round picks we got left, or you actually have to select players. So you have cost control players moving forward. So I, you know, I just, I don't see an easy path forward for the Lakers right now. No, it's like one of those choose your own adventures where all the endings end in you having to kind of start over and start the book over from the beginning. And that may well just have to be the pain we go through as Laker fans. That may be the pain indeed, but Joe, I mean, we talked about it on our last show with Laker Tom in regards to the thoughts on how well a team surrounded by Patrick Beverly, and if you are doing the trade with Indiana, getting Miles Turner and Buddy Heald in the mix with LeBron and AD, I I know that Laker Tom's thoughts on it were that they thought that or he thought that they would now actually go be a 50 win team. If that, they could, you know, support that lineup. I don't support that simply because I don't think that all of them will be healthy consistently over a 70 game basis. I'm, I'm talking seven. If you could get 70 games from that five, that quintet, I would be astounded. 
Your thoughts on it? I mean, you said it was be better than the, what there are now, listed between 42 and 44 and a half games, depending on who you go to here in Vegas or ESPN. You thought it would be a little bit better. But, you know, if they do ultimately pull off the trade for Russell Westbrook and bring those two pieces in, I mean, I, I agree with Jamie. I don't think that moves the needle enough in the right direction. If they threw the thing in the air and said, look, we're going to take our chances with Miles Turner and, and, and Buddy Yield, here we go, I would have more respect for them at that point. Look, we're going to just try to go for it. If it doesn't work, we're going to get eaten alive fine. But nitpicking like they, they have has been the signs of a leaderless organization. And You're it's, telling it's, them to go one way or the other. It's, it, it, it's, it's you know, there's, there's a line that, I, that I've heard that I absolutely use in my life. And I see it in my friends and family and how oblivious they are to it. And I'm talking about, I have friends that are mechanical engineers. I have very, very educated friends but for some reason, there's this conf- there's this break in confidence uh, in their brain. And it usually revolves around currency, money, right? People afraid to do things, right? And the line is, more wrong is done by indecision than wrong decision. And this is the epitome of that, is indecision. The indecision. They made the wrong decision by getting Russell Westbrook, and they've continued to be indecisive since. Which direction do you want to go? Which did you think about if it wasn't going to work, what you were going to do next? I don't know if they ever really thought about that. I think maybe they just went into it blindly. And I think a lot of times that gets created because of this mindless hope instead of actually preparing for what might happen. They're indecisive. They don't know which way they want to go. They're not putting their foot down on anything. Joe Sy. I have a lot of respect for Joe Sy. I think Joe Sy was one of the first owners of this era who finally put their foot down and said, I'm not going to buy in. I'm not going to bow down to your superstar BS anymore. We're, I'm done. I'm not going to do it. You're not going anywhere. You're not going anywhere. Well, who's the last time? Last time that happened, it was a very famous Laker owner that did that. Our most famous, arguably, player wanted to leave as well. Um, actually, he dealt with it twice. So Joe Sy said, no, no, I'm not, I'm not giving what you want. I'm not going to destroy my team because you, you feel like you're under the weather at the moment. And I think we need more leaders like that. I think this this thing in this league has gotten away from management and focus because of a lot of outside distractions, uh, things that are usually not pertaining to basketball, certain things that people are worried about in terms of their image and how they're looked on. When you run a business and you run a business that's a billion-dollar business, you know what? I'm sorry. I have to run it this way, okay? I can't be catering to... To, to rumors and writers and all this stuff. And that's what we do, guys. That's what we do. We cater to the noise. And we've been catering to the noise too much. It's been, it's been like this for too long. And I don't know when it will stop. It doesn't look like there's going to be any stoppage from it from what I'm looking at. Is there going to be a new ownership that comes in that, that would help? I don't know. 
Who's going to buy the Lakers for $10 billion? Who? Elon Musk? Who has $10 billion to spend on a, on a sports franchise? Do you think they go that high? Because I know their, their value right now currently, according to Forbes, is five and a half. Let's say that, let's say they sell at seven. Okay, that would be I'd say seven between seven. That's and eight. five billion more than what Bomber bought at that time, which was a record. You could buy the Angels for three. And 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 Artie Marino bought them for one hundred and fifty mil. What was it, two thousand one? You know, everyone everyone talks about everyone talks about how Jerry Jones bought the, the Cowboys for a buck fifty in eighty nine or eighty eight. And now it's worth seven billion, right? I'm like, what about Artie Marino, man? He's the that, that you know, he's got like a 13 year difference there, and he's pretty good percentage. He's gonna um, make money, especially considering he's he hasn't done much in, in in 19 years. But yeah, our our money situation is is if this is going to be what's going to drive them, then I don't know if they're gonna be. How are you going to pull a team together unless you're drafting talent? Or you're bringing in the right talent to cater to a couple of your superstars. Because a lot of these other guys, they're getting paid. And I'm not talking about like the I mean, Lillard's and the Bradley Beals were not as talented as they are. Those guys have no business making 50, 60 million a year. I don't I don't I don't understand where, where why this why this is the situation. I mean, LeBron James is a guy that should be getting a hundred million a year for what he does. Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, you know, uh, Steph Curry. They These bring in are so the, much, ad, uh, you know, additional and side revenue and merchandising revenue. And that just a whole ton of things that you can, you know, you, you need to put on the books that would account for, you know, making him a hundred million dollar player or more because of the, the sheer value he brings. Well, they did all this. They, did, they, they set all these salary caps and all these, not all this nonsense because owners are not good at managing money. General managers are not good at... People in general are not good at managing money. Our own society is not good at managing money. And you want... You know, we're part of all this, the NBA, the NFL. They're all part of society. People are not... They, when it's not their money, they don't care. And even if it is their money, you know, a lot of times they're just not good at handling it. I, I, I think that's that's the problem with all this in the end is people are trying to get what they want. And they think their way is better. And and, and, and in actuality, they're not thinking about the collective at that point. They're thinking about their own jobs. They're thinking about their own whatever. For me, this is the part that I don't understand is that this brand is is, is top five in the world. So when I hear money problems, my brain hurts. How do you have money problems when you have a brand that's as big as Coca-Cola? Does Coca-Cola go around and say, hey, hey, guys, we need to cool down on the Super Bowl commercials. Hey, guys, come on. Come on. We need to relax. We don't need to put a billboard over here. Really? Really? You got a product that probably will sell for $7 billion if you put it up on the market, and you're worried about PPP loans and whether you're going to pay an extra $20 mil? Really? It doesn't make sense. I'm trying to, like, I'm sitting down reading this stuff, and I'm going, okay, hold on, let me let me think. Maybe they're paying forty thousand dollars of people's college funds. Maybe, maybe they take care of 
uh, an orphanage in in South America that's that that cost fifty million a year. Like, tell me something that let it make sense. If that's the case, then I'll go. Oh yeah, okay. Well, guys, I'm sorry, but we're gonna have to only pay our guys two hundred million dollars because we got to feed the kids in South America. So that's the way it is. But I don't I don't know what these guys do with their money. What do these people do with their money? Crypto.com, guys. Crypto.com. Sometimes the little things, and that's the problem, G. You keep telling me things like my, my family tells me, and, it, and, 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 and I'm, I keep going back. Does this have to do with the dumpster? I'm returning, I'm returning your serve or your volley back by saying when you compromise your principles and your identity for money, this is the kind of crap that happens. Have you seen the Dodgers put uh, SD.net Stadium at Dodger Stadium? No, it's Dodger Stadium. It's Lambeau Field. It's Soldier Field. At what point does your identity and your ethics and your values and your history, at what point does that matter over money? But and the Lakers it, don't own the Staples. Yeah, the Lakers don't own Staples. Or crypto.com. That's the problem. Or they don't own stuff, guys. That's why my philosophy is own everything. <laughs> I, I was hoping you wouldn't say Wrigley Field, because in essence, that's kind of it's a, the first. It's the first named. Uh, it's the it was the number one. Yeah. So I, like, he, he I owned the team at the time, I believe, though. Yeah, he did. Yeah, but I, you know, you get the, the kind of like, eh, you know. Yeah, but kinda, I mean, you know, if it's your name, it's. A, I feel like it's a little. He didn't different. actually buy rights. He actually just walked in and. Trident didn't come up to the Wrigley family and say, "Let's call it Trident Stadium." Pressure changes everything, guys. That's why we love Michael, the Michael Jordans, the Tic-tac Kobe Bryants, the General Pattons. You know those guys. You know the people in the history of sports and 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 life and whatever. Those who handled the pressure when it mattered. Those are the ones we admire because they're the ones that make the difference. Is the people that can handle the pressure. You know what about money? What about money? Money, 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 money. By the way, for the people listening out there, I've been in both sides. I've had no money, and I've had money. So you can't sit there and say, "Oh, well, you grew up with a with a rich dad," and because that's that's an excuse I always hear from a lot of people too. Because I've seen plenty of rich kids crash. As a matter of fact, they crash worse than the broke ones. So now that that's out of the way, let's talk about. Let's, let's go to brass task here. Let's talk about what matters, okay? What matters is you can create a business, okay? You can create a business and earn a living and do what you want and build it as big as you can. But remember this. Remember this. If you're going to yap about being a certain way, make sure you are that person all the way. Don't let me find out that you're something else when the doors close. And sometimes I don't need to come into the door to find out. There's little earmarks that come out. There's little, little things that come out of that door that tell me who you really are. Okay? So that's it. And unfortunately, we live in a, you know, society that's always worried about offending people and always worried about, oh, well, I'm not going to say anything because I don't want to deal with the, with the headache. It, this is not just this society now. I mean, people in general don't like to be confrontational. Unfortunately, if you're not going to step up and, and, and call somebody out for their BS, they're going to keep doing it. So it's it's a... Uh, it's, it's, it's a continuous, lackluster ability show, being shown here to the point where who, who's going to come and step up? Who's going to step up? You had, you had the greatest Laker tell you three years ago that you guys are a bunch of backstabbers. 
And we sat there and we defended you. I defended Rob. I defended Gene. I'm like, what's Magic doing? Why is he ratting on the family? You don't do this. You don't go to the feds and talk about the family, right? Like, it was a joke. I'm just joking here. It's an example. And then all of a sudden, three years later, now I'm like, wait a minute. Maybe there was some legitimacy there. Maybe there was. Maybe there was indeed. I know uh, Johnny2k6 says, Jamie, I love how Mama Boucher tackled Papa Boucher at the end of the movie there. I think as after the wedding and how that happened. <laughs> Great scene. I remember that fondly. I also want to mention to uh, that, you know, thank you, Nick, for the nice letter he sent us earlier this weekend. Truly appreciate it. I was going to sign it as far as Gerald Glassford, producer of the show, host, whatever. But I was also going to put also that I am the antagonist of Joe Soro and Laker Tom. So, you know, I should say, but, you know, need I digress on that? I, that could be my uh, official gee, title. As Ger- Gerald, I'm, 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 with, all, with all due respect. I'm serving you those volumes. <laughs> there's, only, there's, only, there's only one man in my life. There's only one person, I should say, in my life that I haven't been able to break. I don't get broken. I'm, I'm not wired to okay. get broken. I'm, 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 I'm just, just a God's gift. There's only one, one guy that I haven't been able to break in my life, and he's my lawyer. <laughs> well, you know, if you try to break him, he's, he's not human. He's not human. I'm telling you right now, I have done everything to this guy. I, he's a college buddy. We're in the same fraternity. Known each other for 25 years. Brilliant guy. Brilliant. Smart as the smart can be. He's bat, you know what, crazy, but my kind of my kind of crazy antagonist. And, I, should I say. And, and and if there was anybody that <laughs> that might have gotten, there were again. I don't. I just. I don't. I, I speak loudly sometimes, or with passion, or with aggressiveness, because that's just how I deliver the message. As far as me getting angry and getting upset, I mean, sure, I get upset at things. Sure, I get agitated but it's it's like a firecracker i always tell everybody i'm like a firecracker it blows off and it's gone i forget about you i forget about you i forget you exist i'm back to doing what i like to do well that'd be a great billboard as you drive on the orange county freeway and see an ad for your lawyer and it says joe soros comment quote i think he's an alien end quote (laughs) that's why you need to go with me so I digress, but Jamie, there's a great billboard on my drive. There's a great billboard on my drive to work that says, "Who hurt you?" <laughs> Call this. I, I, I love. I love how the everyone. Alien. Be, the alien. The, the funny alien. thing is. The funny Good thing job. is, this, and a lot. A lot of it, I kind of enjoy the, the you know, the return because I already know what's about to be said. It's funny how everyone's Sigmund Freud online. That's the part they think yeah. it's coming from some kind of insecurity or. Something happened to me when I was growing up, you know. No, now, I'm, now I'm just shattered, and I'm taking my you. my feelings out on the world and all that. And 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 little do they know that I I I, I like the action. That's all it is, guys. It's the action. My blood pressure was 130 over 82. I mean, I'm I'm healthy. I'm I don't I don't worry about the stuff you probably worry about. I I, I just don't. I, I, I live a very good life, believe me. And when I'm upset about the Lakers, it's it's just upsetting me that it's ruining my perfect world. That's that the last thing. Everything else is great. Damn Lakers won't fix the crap up. Well, let's but, see if that. But, well, but this is the beauty of having more than one team. So a lot of times things balance out. Heck, even in 2012 and 14, even though 
the LA Kings weren't like my, I, I, w- I wouldn't say they're my like fourth team. I only only have three diehard teams, but I did support the Kings and I, you know, and, and because they're kind of a local team, but even them, even they gave me a little bit of a, a, a window of seeing some good sports and winning championships and putting banners up on staples. But again, it's, we're, we're doing a Lakers show. And the Lakers show to me is going to be a little bit more. What's the word I'm looking for? I don't know, Jamie. What do you think? What word should I? What, 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 what should we call this? Where, like, are you trying to address the state of the Lakers or what we're trying? What to is do? a good word to describe the Lakers? Because this, it's not. You know, I think we we also get morose. Lost in, morose is a good word. There's morose? this is not Lacka, this is not lackadaisical, which implies that they don't have a good attention to detail. Lottery, because they could be headed you know. for the lottery. Well, the lottery—they they were in the lottery for years before LeBron they came. Do, they did. They they drafted good players. They they were yeah. never. They they missed out on Tatum, who likely would have just been included in a trade for AD unless he had blown up by then. Which is and that's probably what happened there. It wouldn't have mattered. They probably would have taken AD, but they we wouldn't right, have we given traded up. Jason Tatum yeah. for AD, and you know, yeah. And look, listen. listen. People, people probably think that Joe and I really are Laker haters, Laker fans in, in Wolves clothing. I think we're just being realistic. I agree. And and when Laker Tom tries to frame it as a, oh, you're not, your, your glass is half empty. My glass is never got half or full. My glass is the same as it's always been. I will look at what is in it, and that's what I'm drinking. And it's not like an imaginary exercise for me. I'm not, I'm not, progr- I'm not projecting what I want to see into reality and trying to make it reality. I am looking at what has happened, what has been done, and what has what is likely to happen as a result. And even that part, I'm kind of like, but you don't, you know, you never know. It's the NBA. Crazy things happen in the NBA. Like Kevin Garnett said, after winning a championship, anything is possible. So, you know, to that, there's time on the clock for the Lakers to button it up and trade Russ before camp starts. There's also a high likelihood that Russell Westbrook starts the season of, as a Laker. And we go through camp and all the months leading up to January, February, and he's on the team. And if we're treading water, we're sitting at like, you know, nine, eight, nine, ten, 10, somewhere in there. Coach Ham will have done his job, right? If that's where we're sitting in, in four months from now, five months, Coach Ham will have done a great job getting Russell Westbrook and all those guys on the same page to a point where they're winning get basketball games. Nobody expects them to win right now. And if uh, in February we can swing a good trade for Russell, which would, in my opinion, at that point, once you've paid the majority of his salary and the buyout's going to be $7 million, is going to be two pick swaps where you keep your picks, but if they're worse than what Indy has, they get the better pick. That, to me, would mean Rob Polinka did his job, and he did it well. Still got players that will help you win, not like, not ones that are going to create this fantastical winning team that's, that's going to you know blow everybody out of the water because Miles Turner, who's barely averaged 30 minutes per game, is suddenly going to block all the shots while he's standing out on the three-point line, not rebounding because he's a terrible rebounder for a big man, or Buddy Heald, who really does just one thing well, which is shoot the basketball. They're going to have to bring in players who are going to go away next season, next summer. Buddy Heald, you can trade Buddy Heald. He's a shooter. You might not get great value for him, but you can trade shooters. Happens every summer. 
you can't trade Russ in the summer. You can't, you, you couldn't even trade Kevin Durant in the summer. Okay. Like if you're, unless you're going to pay to do it. And if the Lakers aren't in the mode to pay, and it seems like finally that they're not, then you have to hope that coach ham can do his job. And it, this is what it comes down to who can do their job. We're not talking about changing the world. We're not talking about taking us to Mars. We're not talking about inventing a new element that goes up on the board in your chemistry class. We're talking about showing up to work and doing your job that you get paid well to do. And on top of that, it's a game. And that's, that's the part that that's frustrating is you it's, have infuriating. Someone, it's infuriating. It's, it's someone who's making $47 million. All of them. Okay. 47 million and has no accountability for his bad play. We're not blind. Right. Okay, I'm not blind. I saw what I saw. Right. And I and you can't sit there and say, I've been on you, you know, just because I want to be on you. No, yeah. no. I thought you were actually going to be good. And then you changed my mind because you stunk. <laughs> and you stunk at the stuff that you're supposed to you're do. Supposed to <laughs> okay, I knew you were going to shoot 32% from three. Right. I'm not surprised at that. That's my fault then if I expect you to shoot 42%. Okay, but what I didn't expect is I didn't expect you to miss wide open layups at least once a game for an entire season. Those are deflating. Sorry, I was reading something about Tom Brady and this first word that came up. (laughs) Deflating because a missed layup, a missed layup is just like a dropped interception. Or the the jump shots that would hit the side of the backboard. Okay, it's the same thing. It's that. Oh my God! We this is something you should have, and it deflates you, and your 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 focus is off. And imagine doing that game in and game out, and then to put the topper on it, you play atrocious defense that even high school kids don't play. And you want me to not be angry, and you want me to not be vicious? You're making forty-seven. If this was. Tier Brown in 2005 making 368,000 a year, I'd still be upset, but I'm not going to be this irritated. You got a contract that takes up two max slots practically, and you're playing 10 times worse than even the guys that are rookies on the team. It's it's not it's just not going to it's not going to I'm not it's not going to fly at this point. You know, we're sitting here and I'm trying to figure out what, what's it going to take for you guys to really understand what you need to do this ne- next year? And we all have our, our our ideas and our thoughts. And if he starts this year, he better he better do a three sixty that comes out of another out of nowhere. I'm sorry, one eighty, or you are in major major trouble. And then everyone's going to sit around and go, I don't know what happened. Well, you guys already knew. Make I a mean, decision. you can see the numbers right there. I, I, that's why I never liked it in the first place. I said that on the show a year ago. You, Jamie, you numbers? were there. I was there. I was yeah. there. Are you talking about I, numbers like triple doubles? No. I'm talking about numbers like no. efficiency, the fact he can't yeah, hit three, and was de- defense was declining even at that time. You numbers don't matter. See- numbers don't matter in sports anymore, guys. Numbers don't matter because – what used to mean something like getting 30 points or getting a triple double. Well, you remember when people, when players would get a triple double, it was an event. It was an event and it's very likely your team won. Now 
there's so many possessions. It's so offensive or team oriented. I mean, I it, it's 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 like no hitters. Is you know, it's a no hitter. The novelty of the no hitter is 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 not really there anymore. What's the big deal? It, that happens more than hitting three home runs in a game, right? You know, I'd be more you know, a three home runs in a game. I bet you, if you looked at the statistics, you know, that's a rare feat, and more than likely, your team will win. I would do want to go ahead and, and stress something out here in the chat with both Johnny Two K Six and Blue Magic touching on it. I think I want to combine it into a, a, a topic that we'll go ahead and close out the show with, and that is with Polenka's job so far. Should he be praised for not rushing into a frenetic Westbrook trade and even keeping Vogel to the end of the season? And Johnny's been talking about, does the team actually have full faith in Darvin Ham now? I will go ahead and let you guys deal with the Palinka issue. I want to comment on the Vogel issue, and that is, if you guys want to do as well, you're welcome to. But with the Vogel issue, they did not give him any faith at all from day one. you got to remember, he couldn't even – he wasn't even allowed to pick his coaching staff. If everyone remembers that they gave that man, no respect. Yeah. And... From the get-go. Remember the, the contract that they offered him. Remember what they offered Ty Lu? You know, that's why Ty Lu didn't decide to go and, and become a, the Lakers coach because the, the contract offer, he got, he found a better deal elsewhere. They did not have any faith in Vogel. No, the they get-go. didn't. And, and he's a, he's naturally a willing butt kisser. And, in the end, he won a title. He's a world champion head coach. In the end, he won. Everybody won. Now, now, am I saying that they should have kept him? No, because he lost the team and it went south and the whole nine yards. I under, I get that. But the team has given Darvin Ham, at least at the beginning, a lot more faith. They signed him to a longer contract. They've allowed him to shape the coaching staff more to what he likes, although he couldn't get everybody that he wanted to as far as the, you know, but that was just a matter of not being able to get the right agreement. Why, why, why is that? Why would they not put faith in a guy who won you a title and had your team be the number one defense two years in a row with and without your, your stars? Why would they treat him like crap? And then treat Darvin Ham like he's the next Phil Jackson. Well, I think I think what it comes down to, it just seems like now that they just have learned from their mistakes a little bit more in that the, the controlling You learn your mistakes more. by putting your faith in someone who's never coached. Well, it just the fact that after so many people decided they didn't want to be able to be the coach of the Lakers, you gotta remember how many play how many coaches turned down the Lakers, how many viable options were for the Lakers. The Lakers are no longer the most desired organization right now at this point to go ahead and be played for. And that's with Anthony Davis and LeBron James on the team. Imagine that. How bad is management when coaches don't want to coach a team with LeBron James and Anthony Davis? Because Anthony Davis is a very, very, very good player with coaches. I've never seen him down downplay or downgrade a coach he might he may have i've never heard it or seen it lebron james yeah he's lebron james you know he's wants to run the lebron james offense but what is it other than management of of the team right the ownership of the team that's that's not allowing guys to feel the the need to come play for four million a year like ty Lu, you know turned down what was it four million for three years he wanted four or five for five. I don't, I don't remember what the terms were, but what, what is it? Cause you know, apparently Ty Lue is just the greatest coach that ever coached uh, because he went to the Clippers. That's another thing that irritates me about a lot of this stuff. 
is we we always anoint people the greatest of something because for some reason it didn't work out here and then they win a couple games over there and all of a sudden they're the greatest thing. What is it? Monty Williams. That was another one. And again, I love Monty Williams, the guy. I mean, the guy is an amazing person. But I'm, I'm sitting here and I, I, I'm hearing this nonsense. Wow, Monty turned us down. This is like, Monty had a, a bad year last year when it mattered. I mean, really bad. Worse than even Frank Vogel, in my opinion. You cannot lose when you're the best team in the NBA record-wise and you have that much talent. They haven't won anything ever with Kawhi, without Kawhi. With Paul George, with Paul George, that doesn't matter. They haven't won squat, win something, and then I'll buy into your BS. That's it. What else? What else is there to talk about? I, I mean, at this point, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to wait to see if this is going to explode, implode, or maybe we'll get surprised. Maybe Russell Westbrook or explode. I already said that. No, well, it's going to explode again. But I know Joe Soros' blood pressure may rise with the uh, addition now of Patrick Beverly. But, Jamie, before we head on out, any last thoughts? I know that I want to touch on, maybe on our Tuesday show, I can touch on with Laker Tom and everybody else that wants to go ahead and join us. Maybe we could talk more into depth about the job that Polinka is doing and the fact that he has rushed into Westbrook trade. But any last thoughts before we head on out? I mean, I'm going to agree with Paul Lippman in the chat. The Lakers are in a really tough spot and that they are asking for positive contributing role players for a guy who is basically going to get bought out, which is why I think that we will not see Russ traded until February. In terms of Vogel and the situation there, I mean, I, I think everybody's basically said what needed to be said. We had a coach. We gave the coach the right team in his first year, and then we went about dismantling that team year by year by year by year by year until they were like, well, look what you've done, and fired him. So, I, you know, the logic there has always escaped me. I was never – I always thought that the Vogel offense was overly simplistic and relied on LeBron, which is also then why I think it's funny that they try to find players to take the ball out of LeBron's hands. So this is getting back to the same thing of like, Who's steering the ship and what's the plan? Because it just seems like it's four monkeys and, a, and an elephant. And I don't know where we're going. So we're in for another rough year is my prediction for everybody. So buckle up. Don't let it, don't let it ruin your days. You know, don't, it's not that important. It's fun. It's TV. It's don't let it raise your blood pressure. No, it's not worth it. Your blood pressure, you know, go, you know, I got my daughter is ready for me to come play with her right now. Cause we're, All right, we're so you coming go- up on an hour. So I, or we're over an hour, but I, anyway. yeah. So, Go Go ahead, my friend. You go ahead and uh, enjoy some time with your wonderful daughter. It is Jamie Sweet. He is the man behind five things, articles today at Lakerholics.com. But, Joe, before we head on out, you said you've been all over Lakersball.com sharing your thoughts right there. Uh, I mean, it's going to be hopefully another uh, interesting week for the Lakers. Maybe there will be some action going, but I don't think so. But there's still much more to talk about. I know we'll cover it here on the show. But any last thoughts, my friend, on the way out? How's your blood pressure? My blood pressure is fine. <laughs> okay. No, that's not going to – I don't no, – see, I see nothing happening. The Lakers are going to go in the training camp with the roster they have now. Do you and... see, as Blue Magic is saying, he thinks about 45 wins-ish. The, again, the Vegas has them currently constructed at 44.5. That's an eighth plate finish in the Western Conference. I think that's probably the best right now that you can expect. I, I – as if, if – Russell Westbrook's on this team throughout the whole year. I don't. I see them repeating what happened last year. All right. 
And in the last seconds of our show, I'm going to go ahead and give him time. John McCallion did fulfill his promise and did end up coming on to the show. Good to have you here, my friend. So I will go ahead and extend the show a little bit further. Uh, Joe's blood pressure is down when it concerns everything that's going on with the Lakers. But your thoughts, I mean, are we doing any more deals with the Jazz? Do you foresee that happening? Do you you see something opening up before training camp as far as the trade is concerned? Or do you see us having Russell Westbrook on the roster as we go ahead into another season, which does not look like it's going to be the best one the Lakers have ever recorded? Well, I'm glad that Joe's blood pressure's down, so it's like I came at a good time. Yes. <laughs> I think they're still talking, but you know, it all comes down to how, you know, how Danny H feels. You know, does he want to fleece the Lakers for, you know, a couple of draft picks, you know, just for uh Bob Donovich or, you know, some of the role players. I don't see Westbrook staying on, on the roster. I think uh, Rob Palenka made that move knowing that there's another move that he wants to make with Westbrook. Because if you know Beverly and Westbrook on the same team they're gonna make look. They're gonna make Laker Tom and Joe Soros uh, disagreements look like child's play. So, you know, I'm sure they're gonna be under best behavior. But um, I just, I, I just don't see it working out. Plus, you know, well, you know, Beverly's gonna have the ball in his hands along with LeBron and maybe Austin Reeves. It's like, you know, I don't think there's gonna be a lot of playing time for for Westbrook. So, um, I, I just don't see him, you know, staying here on this roster this season. I mean, anything to add on to that? I mean, again, because Westbrook is the key. West, whatever direction this team goes in, it's seemingly tied to what is going on with Russell Westbrook. And I think it's going to be, as you don't like the word precursor, as I now have come to know, seems to be setting a precursor. I, I don't mind the word precursor. It's it's the nonsense behind the precursor. Okay. Everybody, Somebody takes... Some, a bird flies into a uh, and sits on a fence. Oh, that's the precursor to the next deal. I'm like, <laughs> what the hell does this have to do with? Do you guys pay attention to the game? This is these guys are getting paid. These are media people, right? Or I don't know what do they do. They all tweet now, right? I don't know who's who anymore. I don't even know who's actually. They are tweeting. now required to go ahead and tweet X number. They tweet. Now they're required to tweet. Why is it a precursor when you're looking at the deal? Like a, co- a common sense. I'm looking at the deal. You just got rid of a contract as a Laker organization that you now no longer have to deal with after the 22-23 season. And you didn't have to give up any draft assets. That's it. That's all it was. What is this? Oh, well, if Patrick Beverly comes to the Lakers, oh, that means, oh, oh, Westbrook's gone. Oh, oh, it does. Oh, well, who's, and, 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 and is that what they discussed with Indiana, with Pritchard and with, with Danny at the same thing? Look, just, you know, do this deal. Westbrook's next. Oh, yeah. What are you going to give me for Westbrook? Oh, no, 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 no. You're going to give me, you're going to give me stuff for Westbrook. Wait a minute, what? What are we doing this for? What? No. No one wants Westbrook. If I am a GM of the NBA, if I was a GM of the NBA, I would I wouldn't touch that guy if with anything. Not so, even just for his contract and the no, second home? No. Why? For what? For two traffics that aren't going to be here for another eight half, half century like really what's the what, what are we talking about here not a 50 years okay half what are we talking about here it's 2022 
We're talking about draft picks in 27 and 29. It's 2022, guys. We're not even close to the year being ended up on top of that. What exactly are we doing here? What does that have to do with anything? Danny Age is really going to be in Utah in 2029 for him to have those picks? Come on, guys. What's the bigger possibility, him being in Utah or Palenka being here in L.A.? I don't think Palenka is going to be here after next year if they if, if if they allow Westbrook to play this year. What do you think, John? Uh, in retort, in retort to that, I mean, this is something that it's it's obviously again paramount that the Lakers do something with Russell Westbrook or decide one way or another. We're going to either keep his contract, we're going to keep him on the roster, we're going to play him, we're going to go in and trade him. You know, there's so much speculation going on as far as the future for Russell Westbrook, simply because of the fact that it's just seemingly it's just a never ending kind of thing that Lakers fans have to continue to speculate and deal with. Yeah, definitely. I think the, the value in trap draft picks, um, some teams value it differently than others. So like teams like OKC or maybe Orlando, they actually want to draft players, but um, you know, draft picks, Danny angels had to be there until 27 and 29 to make those draft pick works. He could use it in a trade, uh, you know, there's different ways of using it. So I don't think, it, you know, the value is in drafting players more, you, you know, about the value in trades. But um, personally, I hate the way they handled, you know, the whole Alex Caruso and THT thing. Not only did they lose Caruso, but now they don't have THT either. Um, so you didn't like the trade for Beverly? I'm not crazy. I mean, I don't hate it and I don't love it. I'm, I'm in the middle. I understand uh, why they did it. You're about but, where uh, I am on it. Yeah, because I, yeah. I don't think it's going to move the needle a whole lot. Exactly. I'm I'm glad they made it, but at the same time, it's like it's not it's not going to make a huge difference. It's something that they could benefit from. That's that you know that's what I would say about that trade. But um, I think yeah, I think Polinko's in the hot seat right now. You know whether he knows it or not. But um, if you know if uh, if the Lakers have any if the Lakers miss another playoffs in the season, I think he's gone. And then especially with the way he's managed talent, he's let, he's let a lot of players walk away. Uh, you know like. Or even the whole THT thing, you know, he bet on THT, and then a year later, he's like, "Oh no, we're, we're just going to trade him." So, um, I think we need a better GM. To be completely honest with you, I agree with you on that assessment. Uh, assessment, that's right for sure. So, definitely looking forward to see if we can get something down the road as far as uh, in place that can help the organization. Because right now we're in a state of flux. I think that's we're trying to see if we can buy or trade or fix our way out of this situation. And I don't think we can. It just, with the assets that we have, or we don't have, I think it's just going to or be- Or lack thereof. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a ceiling. There's a ceiling. And when the Kyrie Irving trade went bye-bye, I think the ceiling went a little bit lower. And I think that's going to be something Lakers fans have to realize that there's just no way for us to, I don't know, what's the old phrase? Jimmy Rig? something together or maybe right. scotch tape daisy, something daisy yeah. chain daisy chain or scotch tape something together in order to, that would get us a championship team i just don't foresee it uh, and joe it looks like you and john feel the same way as well can i pose a question for you guys yeah absolutely uh, to both of you joe and gerald what do you think the lakers have to accomplish in order for rob palenko to have his job after the season i think they got to be in the top four in the western conference He's not the problem. Not the He's part floor. of the problem. He's not all the problem, though. Problem is the lady up up, no. up, up top too. It's not just him. No, I, I've I've said that before. As far as an organization, this organization, it's an organization. From you top got to bottom needs to be cleaned up. Yeah, you got you you you. There's you can you can. 
I'm not calling them cancer, but it's like, you know, he's, he's, he's a small part of, of, of something that's spread and you can remove that, but you don't know for sure if it went somewhere else. I, I don't, I think he's, again, guys, I, 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 it, 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 I'm going to always sound like I'm, I'm being personal here in a lot of the discussions we have, like with a Patrick Beverly or a James Harden. I don't know what these guys are in their personal lives. So I'm not saying anything about them when they're at home. However, the management, you can kind of see that a little bit with some of the activities that they've done. You can see who they are sometimes. And a lot of them hide behind the, the holy, oh, holy, oh, whatever, you know, the, what, they support this group, they support that group. But, you know, there's a million people that, I mean, Pablo Escobar was a big, one of the biggest philanthropists in Colombia, and we all know who he was. So just because you you talk the game and you throw a couple of bucks here and there at, at some people who need some money or whatever, you know, I'm going to, I don't know, I'm going to have to see a little bit more. And uh, what I've seen lately Rob, Rob's always had this aura of fakeness to him that I've never liked. It, it started with that post game or that uh, that that press conference when they signed KCP. But Joe, just, mana from heaven. <laughs> yeah, that that was again, guys. This is what I do for a living. I'm not a I'm not a certified psychologist, but my job, my job, my profession is to be very observant of people's personalities and how they deliver things. And that was the first one that irked me. That was the one I was like, sound like a used car salesman. He so does. I don't, I don't like those kind of guys. Those guys are, they're the type of people who, when things get pressured, those are the ones that cower out very, very quickly. They turn into cowards real quick and their pressure screws up their focus. And everything that I, everything that comes from that is, 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 is materializing. You know, uh, John was just asking on the, on the chat, isn't somebody going to value that expiring contract? I go, that's how bad Westbrook is that they don't value that expiring contract that much because it's him. That's pretty bad guys. $47 million is a lot of money, a lot of money you can dump, but still they're like, no, no, we want your draft picks too. They're not even thinking about the money that they could save. (laughs) They're they're not even talking about a buyout because that's what they would do. He would go on their team. They would buy him out. Immediately, he would have to go looking for somewhere else. Honestly, I would would not. I wouldn't even sign Westbrook for a minimum. Honestly, I'm being dead serious. He has no value. No value at all. And I've said it. Not in today's modern NBA. You just look Mm -hmm. at it right there. Doesn't play defense. And he shoots under 30% from three. And you, you see he can't finish anymore consistently. So what is he bringing to the table? I would have never paid him $47 million. $47 million needs to be allocated to someone who's going to show me that they're going to be the CEO of my team. And we are going to legitimately have a chance at playing for championships. And he has never been that. As close as he's gotten, it's debatable. In, tw- in 2012, he was with Durant. He was with Harden. In 2016, they were one game away from beating the Golden State Warriors. But, guys, what do they say when close is not good enough, guys? That's the thing that separates. The thing that separates the greats is this. Sometimes just this. Sometimes just a little 
a little inch will make a difference, and that's the separation. A simple bounce rebound changes history. A bad call by a overthinking coach can change a Super Bowl. It can, it, you know, this is sports, and I and preparation. That whole I'm going to use that as an example where. One guy said, I'm going to pass the ball when I have a guy that can just walk in because he's been dominating all second half. And then you have another guy who was preparing for that actual play at that moment. Look at the difference. One won the Super Bowl. The other one didn't. It's the same thing here, guys. Westbrook has never, ever really put in the mental work to winning. His athleticism and his ability to play basketball carried him. Very similar in a way of uh, even though he accomplished more. Very similar to, to Tracy McGrady. Tracy McGrady is, is 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 brought up a lot in being almost equal to Kobe at one point, and and maybe in skill set, it may be in being able to score. Yes, maybe. But I was saying back then, I'm like, guys, Tracy McGrady is what Kobe Bryant would have been had he had no work ethic, because that's what he was. No Before we head on out, I just want to go ahead and touch on one last thing Blue Magic said, and I just showed it on the screen. I'll do it again. He said, let's be clear, Westbrook's poor value isn't a reflection of the Lakers' front office. It's only on Westbrook. I never expected Russ to play this poorly, and the front office didn't either. I don't know about that, Blue Magic, because most NBA analysts that were not Laker-affiliated at the time were in agreement with me. And I'm not here patting my back because I was hoping to be wrong. But the statistics, and if you saw that bubble playoff where the Lakers essentially formulated a plan to let him shoot. They dropped coverage. They went under the screens. They allowed him to shoot. They allowed him to go ahead and, and dominate the ball. And it was to the Rockets' detriment. And you could just see in the numbers where his game was declining in all the bad areas as far as his defense, his turnover ratio, his efficiency in shooting. That's why at the time I said I thought it was a bad trade. And most NBA analysts at the time that are not Laker-affiliated said it wasn't a good trade. So I think the Lakers front office, if they saw things a little bit more clear at the time, probably would have hedged their bets and probably not done it. But then again, they were probably getting a lot of calls from Clutch and, and LeBron. And, you know, we don't need to go back into the hundredth time and say that again, as we have on this show. But yeah, I think that, you know, is partly on the, the front office for their evaluational skills and, and it's not seeing what many people like myself saw. And I'm not even a paid specialist to do it. I saw it, and I just thought that it was really clear that Westbrook was not the player that you want to spend or devote that much of your cap to. So uh, I'm not saying it, again, to pat my back. I'm just saying it because it just was realistic in the way I was perceiving these things. So I say that, again, that the, the front office should have been able to see that, at least as far as that issue is concerned when it comes to Westbrook. So I will leave it at that. But Blue Magic, Johnny, Jim... Uh, you know, everybody in the chat room, you've been terrific again. I just cannot thank you enough for going ahead and just sharing your thoughts. Paul, who is, again, a jazz fan who's been here so many times now. We truly appreciate it. I mean, that is a big compliment. When you say good things about the show, when you want to interact, and you're not even a Lakers fan, I truly appreciate it. That tells me you He's coming to the dark side. We're going well, to make, make him a Lakers fan. <laughs> well, I don't I don't know about – maybe not with our performance this year, but maybe in the future years. We'll see what happens there. But I will say I want to thank him for taking the time and everyone out there for taking the time to checking us out here at the Lakers Fast Break. I know Joe has a fantasy football draft in the not-too-distant future, so we'll go ahead and close this out soon. But Just the- 
just starting now. Okay. All right. Sounds good indeed. But speaking of football, fantasy football, if you have a chance, check out our latest episode of Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Also as well, Game Source. I drop another episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos tomorrow. It's our fall video game preview. Plus also as well, I've got on tap, as I told Nick out there, who sent us a great email this past weekend, I'm shooting for Tuesday and Thursday this week at the very least at 8.30 Eastern Time, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 5.30 Pacific, to drop our next two shows. If Sean is able to go ahead and get out of Toronto traffic, I'll see if I can schedule something with him on the side. But everyone, I truly want to thank everyone out there for stopping by on today's show. Jim Faison, one last comment. I truly believe if LeBron's not on this team, the Lakers don't trade for, do not trade for Westbrook, and any other star would not have signed off. Well, I mean, you know, it's... Uh, all in the what was said there, what went back as far as the dinner, them getting together, and the whole nine yards, and it went downhill from there. So, water under the going. bridge. Yep, yep, indeed. But John, please go ahead and check out the John McCallion channel today on YouTube. Go ahead and check out Ox1947 at LakersBall.com. We will be back. I know Blue Magic brought up a great subject on Palenka. Should he be praised for not pulling the trigger yet on a Westbrook trade? We'll talk more about that. I hope we'll get Laker Tom back and maybe Joe and anybody else that wants to stop by on Tuesday night. But we want to thank you again for stopping by right here at the Lakers Fast Break. If you have any questions for me or us at the Lakers Fast Break, it is at Lakers Fast Break on Twitter or Lakers Fast Break at Yahoo.com. Again, appreciate everyone on the show for stopping by. Thank you so much. <laughs> he said, hey, we got the Triple J gang going today. Jamie, yep. Joe, and John. Well, I guess you can call, you know, my nickname sometimes. My dad was Jerry, and he was Gerald, so you can call me Jerry. So, yeah, you can say it's the the quadruple. There you go. All right, your starts with a G, so you don't count. Uh, well, it's my Sorry. nickname is Jerry with a J. All right, got to go. Guys, it's been a great time. Thank you so much for stopping by, and we'll be yep. back with more great episodes in the coming week. We'll talk more Lakers right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. <laughs>